Hey everyone, the It's All Journalism team wanted to remind you that we have an email newsletter where you can get all the latest news about our podcast. Go to our website, itsalljournalism.com, and follow the link to subscribe. Thanks, and enjoy the episode. There isn't anything specific to those states that they increased or decreased in terms of their numbers that has to do with their specific demographic characteristics of the state. With more and more local newsrooms closing and media revenue on the decline, many were concerned that this would lead to a loss of coverage at the statehouse level. A new study appears to offer some hope while confirming many people's worst fears. I'm Michael O'Connell. Welcome to It's All Journalism. A Pew Research Center report released earlier this week revealed that the number of reporters covering state houses is on the rise, but fewer reporters are on the beat full time. Katerina Eva Matza, Pew's Associate Director of Research, is here to help us dive into the report. Kat, welcome to It's All Journalism. Hi, thank you for having me. Thank you for coming. Before we get into this, tell me a little bit about your background. You know, what I think I read somewhere that you've been at Pew for 12 years. What type of things have you been doing? Exactly. So I'm a political scientist by training and education. And I joined the center in, I think it was 2010, end of 2010. And since then, I've been diving into all the fascinating journalism data and how people consume information, the different sources that they trust and they turn to. And also have been focusing a lot on local news. So understanding how people consume local news, who do they trust for that news, and also all the different dynamics in terms of the media industry. And I would imagine in the last 12 years, there's a lot of things to study as our industry continues to sort of be in upheaval. Glad to hear that you're you're taking a look and monitoring, you know, local news, but also the state houses because with so many local news outlets closing down, you know, one of the things that people were worried a lot about was a loss of people covering local government. So before we get talking about the report, what did Pew study before this new one about? You know, what was the position or, you know, or what did you know about state governments before this new report? Yeah, I mean, definitely we have a commitment in understanding local news, and we've been doing consistently a lot of work trying to understand the changing landscape of the media industry in the past 10, and even before I joined the center 10, 15 years ago. As you mentioned, we've done a lot of work, not so much on state legislature specifically, and this is why we wanted to update this report in understanding state house reporting, because we do believe that state houses are the epicenter of a lot of important decisions that have an impact on people's daily lives. So who is there and covers that legislation and informing people about all these developments is important in terms of decision making and, of course, our democracy. You can look at some of the big stories of the last few years and see the importance of covering you know, local government, the pandemic, of course, but also, you know, with the census, we've got a new round of redistrictings across the state and concerns about gerrymandering. And all those decisions are being made in, in the state house. And, you know, if there's nobody watching it, you know, who knows <laughs> what's going to go on. So what was the methodology you used for your report? 
I love these questions about methodology, especially since I'm a, I'm a researcher. So this project and this study is slightly different in terms of the methodologies we use to gather all this information. In our work, typically we use surveys and content analyses, and also we analyze computational data to understand trends when it comes to the news industry. In this case, what we were trying to do was a, a full accounting of all the state house reporters in the country. And that took months <laughs> of a very, very, it was a very hard job to do. But starting in September, we basically contacted outlets and reporters by compiling lists of different news organizations from places, for example, like the editor and publisher and the Alliance for Audited Media, just to name a couple. I mean, I think we had more than 15 different sources in gathering news outlets that they might cover state legislatures. So with our starting point there, like gathering basically a complete list of all the news organization and news outlets, we started reaching out and also we're asking all these contacts to kind of like basically tell us, okay, who else is there? Do you know? Like, please let us know if there are other people colleagues or people that you come across that you know they cover the state houses. And we basically took that state by state, trying to have a, as a complete as possible accounting of all the state house reporters at any capacity in all those states. We also did contact press secretaries and the legislatures themselves that they accredit sometimes reporters to get lists from them and try to verify those with the outlets themselves and other reporters along with membership lists like press association lists and all that. And I'm just trying to summarize all this, but basically it was a very extensive handing down, I would say, all this information and compiling it and verifying it and making sure that all the numbers we have are right and confirmed. Okay. So, you know, as I said in the opening, it showed that while the reporters at the State House, the number of reporters at the State House has increased since 2014, since the last time you looked at it, the number of full time reporters are declining. What are your thoughts about that? What were you able to determine in the report from that? Yeah, it's a great question. And I'm sure for some, that might come as a surprise, especially knowing how the industry overall, in some cases, it's struggling when it comes to newsroom employment. You're right. We did see an 11% increase from the last time we did this study in 2014. And there were two major developments in a way that, that we saw changes from 2014, two major developments that happened. One was that there was an increase in part-time reporting. So basically more reporters are covering issues at the state houses, but not on, full, on a full-time basis, but more part-time. So for instance, there is an education reporter, that's their beat. And there is legislature uh, legislation that is going through their state house and they will be there covering that. But the state house itself, is not their full-time beat. And that was a big difference from 2014. So we saw an increase there. And you're right, sorry, just to also confirm your point that you're right, that the full-time reporters, that that's their beat, like state house, they're there day in and day out, even if now with COVID means like they're remotely and following though everything on a daily basis, that beat 
and that pool of reporters has decreased since 2014. The second development that happened is the rise of nonprofit news organizations, where what we're seeing there is more nonprofit organizations are adding state house reporters into their staffing to cover state houses. You know, I live in Virginia, and I know that the Capitol News Service covers uh, the state legislature, the General Assembly, when it's when it's in session. You know, Virginia does not have a, a legislature that meets year round, and mm-hmm. so you know, I think it's sixty days and ninety days are the lengths of the the time they're there. And so, you know, the Capitol News Service is there. There tend to be student reporters. And then there's also VPAP, which is the Virginia Public Access Project. That's a something that reports on elections, uh, but also election finance. Both of those are nonprofit organizations. I mean, I just gave a couple examples of you know organizations that cover the state house. But you know, when you talk about nonprofits, what what are they doing? Are they just focusing on campaign finance? Are they actually following bills through the through the process? Yeah, we didn't look at content. I have to say that this study was more of like boots on the ground, right? Like what are the numbers and who they're, you know, how many people are they employing and in what kind of capacity and, and where in the country. So definitely I think it will be very interesting to study, you know, the content and the impact of that content onto people's lives. That's not something that we did. And oh my God, I might need way more time to do that. You're thinking about the legislation that passes every day in the whole country. Yeah. Well, yeah, and just the you know watching the Virginia Gen- General Assembly, they don't they don't always update their website on bills. So unless you're there, unless you're talking to, you know, the legislators who are introducing these things, it's tough to keep track of what's going on. But going back to the number, just to like add what you're saying, like one of the things that we did see with a nonprofit group that we started is that in this group, though, their full time, like their total increase of state house reporters was in all of the different categories and types of employment that we looked at. So they increased their staffing in their full time beat and the part time beat students, like basically their whole numbers. So and a lot of that was either new nonprofits, so organizations that did not exist in 2014 or nonprofits that existed, but they decided to add state house uh, reporters now or in the past few years since we did the accounting. Is the the numbers that you have, the rise in the number of reporters, the decline of full-time reporters, is that pretty much the same across all the states? Is it different? No, it's not. Definitely that we have we are seeing differences among the states. The general trend when it comes to the total number of state house reporters holds for most states. So in 31 states, we saw increases in the total number of state house reporters. And in most cases was also because of part-time, of the part-time category category increasing. We saw decreases in 16 states. And then in three states, three states had basically the same total number of state house reporters from 2014 when we last did that study. I would say, for instance, uh, just to give an example to illustrate that Nebraska that saw a big increase in 2022 compared with 2014, a lot of it was 
student reporters. And we talk about it in the report as well. And that was something that we also saw in 2014, the role of students and interns in the coverage of the state houses. Like it is a, a big part of it. Of course, it usually lasts for a semester or for a summer, but it is a big body that it actually helps a lot into the coverage, the state house coverage. On the other side of that, though, is if, you, if you're relying on student reporters, while it's good and, and many of them are enthusiastic and, and have good reporting skills, you don't have the institutional knowledge. If you have somebody who's a regular reporter, they're going to they're gonna have people that they know they're going to want to talk to regularly as part of their beat. And then they, they also can think back a few years to a, you know, similar laws or, or bills that were introduced in their process there. So, you, you know, it's a good thing. It's, a, it's not a 100% good thing to have students doing this, I would say. It's my opinion. Not that I don't appreciate that the, the students do good work. They do. Is there any, you know, I, I don't know if it's a demographic or you know, maybe it is a demographic demographic difference in which states declined compared to states that increased? We didn't see anything specifically to the states in terms of like having a demographic impact. So to talk a bit further about that, we do definitely see a very strong association between the state's population and the length of the legislative session when it comes to looking at the full-time reporting pool. And basically there is an association between the two. So a larger state in terms of their population, like Texas and California, for instance, they tend to have more full-time state house reporters. And that's something that we had seen also in 2014. Like there is a very strong association between the two. Now, when it comes to increases and decreases compared to 2014, there isn't anything specific to those states that they increased or decreased in terms of their numbers that has to do with their specific demographic characteristics of the state. It's more of a general trend that all states tend to have more or fewer reporters because of their population and the length of their legislation, legislative sessions. Okay. So something we've talked about on the podcast before, the idea of news deserts where you have lots of local you know, papers going out of business, sometimes even large city papers going out of business. Is there any sense that that played some sort of factor in the way journalists are being utilized to cover the state house? Yeah, I would say this is more of a general trend we've seen in all our work. So I won't even talk about specifically in the state house because we didn't do a specific analysis of looking at media deserts or like closures of newspapers associated with the state house reporting. But in general, we have seen a decline in newsroom, especially among newspapers, like in terms of the of the numbers, that's something that a lot of people are noticing in the industry. We've seen it in our data when we are analyzing employment data. And especially with newspapers, which is something we are seeing in the report, are the ones that they have the biggest declines, right? Like the newspapers, even when it comes to state house reporting, employing people, state house reporters has been in decline for newspapers since 2014. It is a general trend in general, in terms of declining newsrooms, in terms of numbers, declining revenues. Like, so both the pictures in terms of audience and revenues and the economic side of things, 
we are seeing more of it. And that's like something that's happening in the past like 10, 15 years for sure. That also plays a factor in sort of maybe the rise of nonprofits trying to fill that gap. Partly, yes. I mean, they're, they're, we are seeing this shift, right, where digital outlets as well, even though there are not that many, the way we categorized outlet types in this report. Of course, a lot of nonprofits are also digital, right? Like that's their characteristic in terms of platform. So those two groups, I would say, definitely have included and have added a lot of state house reporters and kind of like trying to make up for that gap or those losses. And as I said, another thing that we saw is the shift to part-time. And that also was something that I know that a lot of our interviews, because we did also 24 in-depth interviews with people with experience in state house reporting, they said that many times now they have more responsibilities and they are sharing beats or they're dedicating their time into more things than it used to be 10, 15 years ago. Yeah, I think that's across all parts of a, of a newsroom. When you think of a reporter, straight you go to, you know, imagining a newspaper reporter, but the other platforms cover the state houses as well. Did you have any indication in any changes in, you know, broadcast at, you know, radio or TV or you know, I know you mentioned nonprofit and you sort of touched on a commercial digital. Is it the change sort of universal or the other platforms cover it differently? Yeah, I chose to focus on the big changes, right? And that was basically nonprofits in terms of adding a lot of people, newspapers actually seeing declines. But yes, definitely we have some other changes as well, like looking at, you just mentioned commercial digital, right? Like those basically the digital news organizations that they are predominantly have a digital presence, we saw an increase there as well. Even though their share, if you're thinking state house reporters as one big whole, the share of commercial digital outlets as an employer out of all those reporters is not that big. I mean, they are currently at 5%. So 5% of all state house reporters are working for commercial digitals, but they did double their share, about double their share since 2014. So definitely increases. We saw big increases there as well. TV was about the same in terms of their share. And radio also saw few, like a slight increase in their total numbers as well. So definitely not so big changes as the other ones that I mentioned. But yes, we have a bit of a, some changes there as well. Okay. And uh, the one other thing I wanted to ask you about is COVID. You know, I always tell people that, you know, COVID was a local story because people wanted to, they wanted to find out where to get vaccinated, where the cases were spreading in their community. And certainly, you know, in 2021 or in, 20, in 2020 and 2021, the states were carrying a lot of the burden when it came to making decisions about resources and, you know, closures and things like that. You know, how did the pandemic sort of affect this or did it? Yeah, I mean, I think this is a super interesting development, especially as you said, thinking about how state houses became the centers, right, of all this legislation from mask mandates, vaccine mandates, like also news about health information and all that. It's definitely the type of information that people were looking on those early days and during I mean, I'm sure the past two years, we also thought about this. And actually, as I mentioned a bit earlier, we conducted 24 
interviews with state house reporters and editors and other industry experts and COVID-19 came as a as a big theme of a lot of the changes that there were happening in terms of how people how reporters are covering the state houses and all that I would focus on four of those that we identified through that qualitative work so basically we saw an expansion of using live stream and other online platforms for legislative meetings, committee sessions, you know, all of that. Like there's definitely a change there in terms of access in a way to materials and what's happening at the legislatures. At the same time, though, there was a reduction, that second development, there was a reduction of in-person contact between the reporters themselves and legislatures the legislators and the state officials. So in a way, these were two things that are happening at the same time. So a lot of the of the people we interviewed said there was more access in a way. Everything was live streamed. We had more information in our hands, right? We could be hearing and following what was happening at the same time and having that opportunity. But at the same time, there was less access because there was not the physical access and not an opportunity to make those connections and have the one-on-ones or following specific conversations with a specific member or a state official. The third development was a big change in the work habits for some of the state house journalists so that it is connected to what I just said. So there wasn't like a desk, like for people that they know how state house reporting works, like there is usually there are the, the press desk that people are there with their colleagues. So a lot of that kind of like culture and work habits also changed. And finally, the fourth development was the, in a way, how COVID-19 as a subject and the COVID-19 protocols became such a major topic of coverage and all the public policy debates around restrictions. And as I said, mandates and stuff was a big part of state house coverage, which in the past, at least that's what reporters told us, that had been the case for an issue for such a long time. Like it was kind of a, so dominant in the conversations and what were people were covering. You know, for you, you know, looking back at this report, which you said took a very long time to do, what's the thing that stands out to you? Oh yeah, it was a very long time. I think from a personal perspective, even as a researcher, I think I definitely appreciated connecting with all these reporters and outlets and trying to get, you know, their numbers, but also as we did these interviews, their perspective. I think it was, it was a lot of information that was so rich and interesting. And we don't have the opportunity many times to do such a deep dive. So I definitely, I appreciated that. I think I would say that the two things, and one I mentioned in the beginning, definitely that for some, it might come as a surprise, the total increase that we saw, right? Like that's something that I think, especially people that they are in the industry and they know that there's a lot of struggling parts in the industry, especially for local news. I'm sure this might come as a surprise. Of course, with all the caveats that I mentioned earlier, I think that was interesting. And it speaks in the larger shift of the profession. And I think you hinted that earlier in terms of like how reporters are doing their jobs and how much they can spend time into one thing. I think it speaks to a larger maybe trend in terms of like how journalists are covering, in this case, state houses. And I would say the second thing to me that was very interesting, and maybe that also I think becomes personal for some people, is that kind of uh, 
oxymoron or, yeah, I think oxymoron is a good word in terms of access and not access in state houses, right? I think for that we heard from interviewers, the fact that COVID-19 and the pandemic created an opportunity for more access because of the, that technological advancement and the fact that we have the technology now to be able to hear and listen to when legislation keeps happening and all that. But at the same time, that access, it's not necessarily what people were used to. And it was even like maybe different in some cases where you didn't have access because you didn't have this personal and in-person connection. I think this is fascinating. And I think it speaks maybe to larger developments in society and even our personal lives, thinking about, you know, how we interact with friends and family. So that's something definitely, I think, researchers and the people will continue to be experiencing. One of the things that that happens in the Virginia General Assembly is there are just a lot of bills that get introduced and reintroduced every year, just lots and lots of bills. And they advance or they don't advance. They're all part of the conversation. But when COVID happened, the General Assembly voted, okay, we're, everybody is only allowed to submit X number of, of bills because this is going to be hard enough for us to meet remotely. Let's limit how many bills that we're going to do. And so what it actually led to more legislators reaching out across the aisle, talking to other delegates or, or senators to you know, co-sponsor bills so that they could all sort of combine a smaller number of bills and consider those because of you know, the sort of the restrictions they were, they were facing. So it was kind of interesting that from the legislators' point of view, you know, they had to adapt and change. And so there were actually fewer bills for the reporters to cover. The other thing is, you know, something that you said that, that I think is going to be kind of fascinating is, you know, to see what happens in, you know, after another, you know, four or five years, now that, you know, COVID is, has mostly gone away and things will you know, and the state houses will sort of return to where they are. If a lot of the old norms, the way that reporters covered things, return, you know, whether the press room returns or, you know, are they going to rely much more on, you know, Zoom meetings and things like that to do things. But that being said, there's plenty of great stuff to read in this report. We're going to have a link to it on our uh, website. Kat, thanks for coming in and talking to us about this. Very fascinating. Thank you. I'm, I'm, I'm always very, very happy to talk about research. So thank you for giving me that opportunity. You've been listening to It's All Journalism, a weekly podcast about the people who make the news. You can find out more about us and download past episodes at itsalljournalism.com. While you're visiting our website, sign up for the It's All Journalism newsletter. You'll get all the latest info about our podcast, including episode notes and news about live events and upcoming interviews. Go to itsalljournalism.com to subscribe. Speaking of subscribing, you can subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Podcast One, Spotify, SoundCloud, Google Play, and pretty much anywhere good podcasts are found. If you'd like to help us grow our podcast, like and share our episodes on social media. Look for us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. It takes a lot of people to create an episode of It's All Journalism. Nicola Grisco produced this episode. Amber Healy wrote our web content. Nick Capre wrote our theme music. Emilio Brust helped with our booking. Steph Thomas is our social media manager. And I'm your host, Michael O'Connell. Thanks for listening. <laughs>